Okay, well, I'm an hour late from when I said I was going to, but hello. It's here, and I'm, and this is Jake. Um, so, what's up, guys? Yeah, okay, so I'm assuming that we will do the wrestling pod first. We're doing the wrestling pod and faith pod back to back. And wrestling first, since we were supposed to do it yesterday, but it we couldn't because it was just not. Um, Saturday is not the best day for podcast, so yeah, yeah. And so, any wrestling? Is there anything crazy in wrestling that happened lately? Anyways, I mean, we're about to just say everything that happened this week, but like rumors and stuff. I can't no, I can't think of any like potential rumors. Well, um did you see TNA this week? I did. Okay, so I guess we'll be reviewing some of TNA. Okay. Yeah. So all right, let's start off with. Well, obviously, we'll start off with Raw. Yes. Raw after Mania. Okay. Honestly, most Raws after Mania are like hyped. Best Raw of the year, usually. You, usually. This one kind of fell short. I mean, don't sugarcoat it. It was the worst Raw after Mania ever. Of all time. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the worst. It was bad for an actual episode of Raw, so. So, Charlotte returned. I mean. I think. That's fine, but yeah. Yeah, Charlotte returned. Um, Viking Raiders returned. We got, yeah. we got some returns, but. There was just nothing, like, there was no. There was no like new debuts. There was no like pop. There was like there wasn't exactly like yeah. For me, Raw was like a step forward, but two steps back type of deal. Yeah, and that um, I guess the only thing that was that was interesting about the raw, like the was I would say the end because after um, when uh, her business or when not her business but when last uh, the after the main event with T Bar and Mace, um, choke slamming McIntyre, I believe. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if like like if they are going to team up with uh, MVP. It 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 is a I guess decent cliffhanger, but let's let's start off from the beginning. Okay, so the beginning of the show, Lashley came into the building with the kind of weird tuxedo of orange, and. 
he was shaking all the jobbers' hands and, you know, saying, and he was signing autographs, which I will say that the beginning of the show was pretty interesting. I liked it, but then um, Riddle came talking about, you know, how, you know, random Riddle stuff and bringing up all the times that Lashley said he would fight anyone for the title or whatever. And remembering, it was basically a typical Riddle promo and it pissed Lashley off. So he had this weird moment where he hit Lash, he hit Riddle's head against the top of the... Scooter. Scooter, yeah. Really funny. Interesting. I'd say um, it was a pretty good way to start off Raw. Yeah, when you brought up the when you brought up the the opportunity, like I get the other opportunities, like and like Lashley, how Lashley saying, "Oh, I'll I'll challenge anybody." But when Riddle brought up the, "Hey, if someone takes out Drew McIntyre, like, like the other the other like ones, I understand." But saying the McIntyre line, like, you that was before Mania. Like anyone who can yeah. take out McIntyre before Mania, so why are you bringing it up after Mania? Like that's already gone. It's funny how um, Riddle can mess up with these things, and nobody will care just because he's Riddle. His gimmick is being a high guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Um, how Lashley was kind of it wasn't breaking character, but he was acting like a normal human being. He wasn't acting like I hate everyone. Shaking hands with baby faces and stuff. It felt more legit, like, I guess. It was just, uh, I guess, uh, way better than starting every single route off with these three things. Drew McIntyre coming out and calling out someone. Yeah. MVP and um, Lashley coming out to basically have another person come out and then have a match later. And... Especially Ms. TV. We don't have to start off with that. So it was something different. I liked it. But after that, Bobby Lashley completely... Okay, this wasn't a squash. But it was... I liked the match a little. I kind of liked it. A lot of people don't like it. But it was a fun little match. It showed Lashley being like this dude who kills everyone. He completely destroyed um, Riddle, though. So, I wonder what Riddle's going to do now. <laughs> um, go after Terrence again, maybe? Maybe, or, no, I hope he doesn't go for the 24-7 championship, but no. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think he would. Yeah, hopefully not. Vince clearly sees something in him. But, anyways, we would fast forward to Kevin Patrick in a interview with Rhea Ripley, basically. Hill Rhea, which is pretty weird because she acts like a babyface, but she's a hill. Oh, well. It's Rhea Ripley. Guys, so this means officially... I don't know if this is officially, but Rhea Ripley has been the first person to hold the NXT UK, NXT Championship, and Raw Championship. 
I'm just waiting for her to win the SmackDown title so she can be the real Grand Slam champion. Well, I guess besides the tag team, but... Which she'll probably hold it at some point in the near, like, a year or two. Yeah. Hopefully. Or we could just forget about the women's tag team championship. But, anyways, this wasn't the highest part of the show, but Viking Raiders return, which is great, which is a great return. When I um, first... See, at this point, I wasn't watching Raw Live. And I came back to, I believe, right after this part. So I was so shocked, actually. But, yeah, Viking Raiders are back. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. And guess who they beat? Shelton and um, Cedric. It wasn't a squash match, but why? out of all people, they had to go against the beat. We could have got them going against... Um, local competitors for all I care, but had to be them. Hopefully, they aren't reserved to B plus tag team wrestlers. Um, Shelton and Cedric are too talented for, for that. But I just hope they're not a filler tag team. But or or a tag team that that or a, a tag team that's put in just to put put over the talent, which is what they're looking like right now. Exactly. I just really wish they would have used someone else, but it was a decent match. It was like five minutes, which is very short. Yeah. But, okay, so, I just really hope um, the Viking Raiders are not are not where they were before this, like before, um, you know, back when they were a tag team, uh, before, you know, they got injured. Mm-hmm. I just hope that they're going, they don't go back to that because that was the worst, that was the worst stuff I've seen in years. Oh, you mean the, with the Street Pirates? Yes, that was the worst, oh, that was the worst Raw feud I think I've seen in years. I know they were trying to do the MVP and um, Matt Hardy thing, but it just didn't work because they kept adding. They made that. They basically copied that, but made it even more goofy to the point that it ruined. Yeah, and I gotta say, at least like, well, Akira Tozawa, like, I I think the the most positive thing about nowadays is the ninjas are gone. Like he's still in his he's still in his like still... ninja gear like attire, but the ninjas are gone, so that's good. Uh huh. Oh, other back then you you were trying to hide you were trying your best to like be positive about Rob, but I could tell it was probably difficult. I I was well because because I always think that I always think that. Whenever WWE puts someone in like something that they don't know what to do with them or fills them into a goofy spot, well, other than our truths, because goofy spot is his gimmick. Um, I always think that like there has to be something planned for this, like further, like they have to get a push or like something's gonna come from this, and sometimes it happens, but. 
lately I'm not feeling that like because with Krill uh with Krillo, um Gulak, um and a lot of other talent that they're not really using too much. Um they're kind of just stuck in the chasing our truth spot. And I don't think that they're going yeah. to get out. Our truth hasn't even been up there for weeks, actually. That's the weird part. Whatever if he's going through something, I hope he uh whatever, you know, sorts itself out. But yeah, I think it's time to get rid of the twenty four seven championship. I do too. I've been um hyping it up for years saying, you know, this championship it can um be entertaining at times, but then it became the same thing every week, then it stopped being up there in some weeks. If we would have put the twenty four seven championship as the main title on Raw Underground and then have Raw Underground on WWE Network or something as like this way for developmental to be on TV, that would be fine. But now it's just ridiculous. It's just it's just vignettes and skits of gimmicks and com and ruined comedy and just a heap of a mess of stuff. Yeah. Our truth is a very entertaining person, but he cannot keep this entertaining for that long. Nobody could. I mean, he's been doing good. <laughs> he, he he's been doing the best he could do, but um, and then it becomes the same thing every week. Truth's an idiot. Ha ha ha. And then um, he gets pinned. Then the next week he gets the title back. Gets pinned next week. Same thing. So I hope he gets in a bigger role because. I do want to hill run our truth as the WB champion. Same with the goofy stuff. Like back in 2010, I want that our truth back. He's like 50, 49. He deserves at least one big moment. Yeah. But anyways, Viking Raiders. Um, I just hope they don't go back to that. Those people with like the ham bone or whatever, and then they have superpowers. It was just dumb. Yeah, I want them to go back to the Viking Raiders that held the Raw Tag Team titles. That is so forgettable, and that's sad. It's sad that um all this goofy stuff has covered that. They won at Survivor what? Series. They did. Yeah, th- they were the team that won for Raw against um the New Day and the Undisputed Era. Viking Raiders won that match, and a lot of people forget that. I know, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of wrestling every week now. Yeah. So, anyways, um, Viking Raiders, I hope they go back to that NXT type of thing, but then we got Asuka, you know, a typical Asuka mad promo, you know, random shouting. Then Charlotte makes her return. Oh my gosh, now she's a hill again. Shocking, right? But typical Charlotte promo, nothing special here. I'm the opportunity, whatever. I know, yeah, no one compares to me. Blah, blah, blah. We, we, under, we, we kind of know your promos by now. Exactly. 
She's going to win the title watch. <laughs> Anyways. I don't care if it's – well, she probably will. Um, I hope once after Rhea has a decent run or a great run, if that can be – if that can happen. Then after that, it's like, eh. Then, okay, give Charlotte the title. To me, it's still weird thinking – I don't know if – is Charlotte and Andrade married yet? If so – it's so weird thinking that Andrade is the son-in-law of Vic, Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine saying your dad is Ric Flair. But, yeah, of course we got Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Who pick? Okay, anyways. The ending of the match was Charlotte interfering, typical Raw. And, yeah. Low part, low point of the show, but oh well. I'm assuming this is going to be a triple threat at a uh, WrestleMania it, backlash. Yeah. Then we got um, Miz, Morrison, and Maurice, and the seeds are planted for Miz and. Morrison to break up, and I'm so happy about it. Yeah, once Maurice, once Maurice stepped shit up on Raw, it's like okay, they're gonna start pushing Miz and Maurice, and like kind of cast out Morrison. Hopefully, Maurice is definitely up there longer. We need 2016 Miz back. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, on SmackDown though soon. Anyways, um. Um, oh my gosh. I, I hate even talking about this. This is just so dumb. Sounds like something from 2019, Raw. But anyways, Nia Jax is having an argument with Mandy Rose about slipping at WrestleMania. Okay. So, then we got a vignette from Alexa Bliss introducing, what was it, Lily or something? Lily. Um, I think that um, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke attacking Nia Jax after they were after Jax laughed at at Rose was probably the best outcome that could that of that like little backstage encounter. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed her getting beat up. Yeah. So. Wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The ending was good. But, okay. So, yeah, Alexa had... Oh, my gosh. Okay, so um, Bliss had a pretty good vignette. Well, hopefully they're not going to wear... Um, the Fiend is powerless and Bliss has all the power. And then, basically... Fiend has to change his gimmick again. I really hope that's not the case. I don't. Me, me too. It seems like um, I was watching a YouTube video and it was like uh, just before this, and it was like, and the YouTuber was saying um, that he like he was saying I feel like more people are 
focused on the one RKO at like that Fiend took to lose, other than the fact that Bliss distracted Fiend, which I can agree. But but at yeah. the same time, it's like it was one like it was one RKO. Seth hit him with like twelve curb stops, and he and he didn't Kick go down. Exactly, that's what annoyed me so he much. He could have done like two or three, maybe RKOs, maybe even four. Like just build it a little bit, and then have and exactly. then have Bliss distract him after it's been like the match has been a while. I agree. Plus, honestly, and people are saying it's just because of shock and stuff, but still, it's stupid. But, yeah, I just, if I'm being like 100% honest, I really miss 2019 of Fiend. Yeah. I don't really like this new Fiend. I like I like Fiend still, but him and Alexa, I do not completely like love. I don't like love it. So, yeah. It's not the yeah, same. If, if, you're, if you're going to book him to lose... Make him look strong in losing. Like I don't want him to lose. Like, like me personally, I want him to win and I want him to look strong and like have a dominant, like be dominant. But if if that's the road you're going to go down, you have to book him looking strong, even in a loss, so that he doesn't that so that fans don't lose that. Oh, Fiend's just gonna lose. Oh, the next time he's a match, he's just gonna lose again and look weak. That's not what we want. I know they're trying to make him look weaker, I guess, but still. But um Fiend, yeah. Fiend um hopefully bounces back. They could have even done Alexa Bliss doing that on like the top stage of WrestleMania. Did the fiend walk out the ring or something? Get counted out or something like that? That would make more sense. I'd rather have a count out loss than a pin loss for the fiend. We've already done this with Goldberg, and that was the worst decision. I might say that's the worst decision WWE has ever made. Having the fiend lose to Goldberg, but you know what? Next next segment, the Miz and Morrison. And Maurice. I will say that this was my favorite part of the show. So, typical Miz TV, but we're Maurice. And they had a... Of course, they had to have a handicap match with Damian Priest. They have their match, and they win, shockingly, right? Yeah. But it felt kind of nostalgic, to be honest, to watch this because... It made me feel look back at 2016 Miz and think, hopefully this guy's coming back because having Maurice back, like I have never missed Maurice so much. She, um, yeah, they tried to re like make um, I guess make Miz still have help, but it wasn't the same when Maurice left. We had, you know, the B wing. It was the B team. I don't know what they were called. The Mistaraj. Yeah, yeah. We had the Mistaraj, and we had John Morrison since. Probably more. 
and each time it wasn't the same as Maurice, so hopefully she's back for good. Miz needs her. Like, literally. He's been a jobburst lately. Anyways, we got a Nia Jax promo. Whatever. Okay, the worst part of the show. Um, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler beat Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke by countout. Because, because Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose saw that Nia Jax failed twice or whatever, and they were like, you know, it's not worth it because Nia Jax is mad. That made no sense. Stupidest point. And it just made me face palm, to be honest. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah, I stupid. think I missed that match because I think I was going to the bathroom at that point. <laughs> yeah. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> Got to hold it into a Nia Jax match. Happens. Yep. Bathroom break. Mm-hmm. So, but basically, um, I don't know if you watched it or not, but oh my gosh, Nia Jax falls a few times, ha ha ha, and then Nia Jax comes into the ring, she's all angry, and um, Mandy Rose just leaves the ring and just gets herself counted out because she's like, it's not worth it, and then she starts laughing. Oh yeah, I, it, it was basically get to the end of that. Yeah. horrible. We're like... It was she hard. slipped off the she slipped off the apron, and <laughs> we cannot have good things, can we? Like WWE has to make it into a storyline. They did it with Titus Titus O'Neil falling. Remember that? And then the next night, Titus O'Neil was, was falling some more, and they made it into a gimmick, and it didn't work because the fans. Didn't like it. So, hopefully... Anyways, MVP's in the ring. And he just does a promo with... Basically, this is where we get our main event. Randy Orton, um, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman. Okay, so Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Randy Orton have a triple threat match. I have a, I have a problem with that match. I had a serious What's problem. That? Why was Drew in that match? Seriously. How many times? It, and the fact that, that Drew won the match as well. Or, sorry, that's later. But. You're right. You're right. With all due respect to Drew McIntyre, he shouldn't have even got a rematch at Mania. No. And and so it's like we literally had a continue. No, I'll, I'll, Sorry. no, you continue. I can finish what I was gonna say after. I was gonna say, Vince McMahon has already said that there's no more rematch clause, especially a money in the bank cash in. And then, um, if anything, I don't know how he got it with um. Yeah, that literally makes no sense. Miz cashed in. He then lost it to Lashley. And then somehow he faces Drew McIntyre at Mania. Makes no sense. Yeah. 
But like um when they were doing the promo and and uh McIntyre came out uh, and he's like I wanna I want another shot, blah 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 and then Braun Strowman came out, it's like Strowman's like you and me last or not last MVP, you and me can actually agree on something. McIntyre, you need to get to the back of the line. Yeah. And I agree with both of you two. Exactly. He does. You need to get to the back of the line. You've had like three opportunities for the WWE title in like two months. Exactly. It should have been Orton versus Braun Strowman in the main event. But no, WWE wants to put them in a triple threat and have, have McIntyre win a number one contender's triple threat. And then face Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash. It's like, Drew, you've had your shot. Get out of here. Yeah. Who do you think you are, Charlotte? But for real, at this, I honestly see, I, I don't even understand how um, Randy Orton got one. I don't understand how he got a shot. He lost the title a few months ago. He gets in this long feud with The Fiend. He loses almost every single match on the way to that match at Mania. He beats The Fiend, and now he gets a title with this. Um, you know. But I, I don't even really fully understand why Strowman got one, but it makes more sense than both Orton and um, Drew. I just wish they had some... I don't know. Some eight man Matt. Remember when they used to have six uh six pack challenges on like SmackDown and Raw? Yeah, they made a bring that back. They should have just done that. We could get like you know new people. I I miss back SmackDown 2016. We would get Dolph Ziggler. We would get Jinder Mahal going for WWE Championship. People you would never expect. I would be fine with seeing Herberto versus freaking Lashley. Even though the match might not be good, it would get one star over. It would make, you know, more money for WWE because if this works or if it doesn't, this will be like the... This will depend on... Basically, it will show you if this um, wrestler is ready for the spot instead of just assuming that they're not. But, no, of course not. We can't have... That's... That's the one thing I applaud SmackDown and NXT for uh, when it comes to their booking is that SmackDown and NXT, when it comes to the world titles or, or even like kind of the mid-card titles as well, it's like they don't keep the same people. Like, and it's like, it's more, it feels more realistic because you're not going to have like the same three names over and over challenge for the title at some point you're going to need to like like new competition is going to need to come up and with especially with smackdown with reigns you don't know who is going to challenge reigns next which i love i as much yeah like roman has saved so many careers But let's continue to um, a filler a filler part of the show. Elias and Jackson are having this. Oh my gosh! 
they're singing a song about their poor friend Shane who died or whatever. Whatever. I don't I don't really care. Why are Jackson, Riker, and them even wasting their time on this? How many times do they have to get beaten up by somebody they're not even feuding with for them to realize that Shane is literally using them? How stupid of a hill do you have to be? Okay. But anyways. This this part of the show was hands down my favorite part. Just because when New Day came out and interrupted uh, Jackson and Elias, and they had their and their the promo that they were doing had me laughing so hard for the entire time, just because just because of how Woods and um, how Woods and Kofi came about their promo, and they're just like, and they're just like, you guys must be devastated that you guys got your butt kicked by by one dude, and then it's like, wait a minute. Didn't that happen to you two at Mania? Not even, not even like avoiding the fact that they got beat by Omos. It was the, I loved it so much. That was a funny part. That was, uh, that was, this part was more entertaining than an actual match. Yeah. But I liked that part. And yes, so. We got a match. It was what you would expect, I guess. Nothing too... It wasn't too long of a match. Then we got a Randy Orton promo, whatever. Then we got Firefight Funhouse. It just doesn't hit the same as it used to. But typical Bray Wyatt, he said he feels like he's a new person, which makes me think all the power of The Fiend, because The Fiend died, right? All that power went into Alexa Bliss. And she's now the new Fiend or something. I don't know. I just hope it's not that. I just want the Fiend back. And I'm glad they're breaking him up because it was not working. It just wasn't. A lot of people say Alexa Bliss and them were working perfectly together. And at first it was fun and stuff. But then after a while, you just miss the old Fiend. How he was, I don't know. It's just not the same, I guess. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it at first. And I believe me, I love Twisted Bliss. Um, I think it, this is probably, mm, it's one of her best, I would say. It just in my opinion. Um, I like how um, how, how they're doing it and how like twisted and demented that she has become. Um, b- but I definitely think that they ran it's ran and they kind of overdid it. And then once <sighs> that happened, it's like, okay, you can like you can take Fiend, you can make Bliss like demented. And leave Fiend out of this so that Fiend can regrow. Exactly. I mean, as far as um, the Fiend, Alexa Bliss, she's doing what she can in this role. She's doing good. A lot of people couldn't have transformed like that. And I still think she should get some mask or face paint, but she's doing great for what she's given. And that's 
no debating. But yeah, I feel like the fiend is its own entity and or entity, and it shouldn't be. I don't know. But anyways, after this Firefly Funhouse match, we got the main event. It was an okay match. Um, Drew McIntyre, the ending I liked a lot. I'm surprised we never got this ending. Miz, I mean, Randy Orton almost beating... Almost beating um, Braun Strowman and then uh, Drew McIntyre, Claymore and him last second. Perfect. But I, I kind of um, want to see Randy Orton versus Lashley right now. Badly. A lot of people think the, the, what Drew did, the, a lot of people are calling what Drew did like at the last second. Uh, Clay- I don't agree. Like with that, with that low of like, like when you slide that low, it's less of a claymore, and it's more of like a single boot basement drop kick. You know. I mean, then at the same time, wouldn't that mean a? Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but. I, I see what you're trying to say. I don't know. It's just like when you like when the claymore, you stand him up and you like kind of kick the the chin, and it just like he just he like he slid. You know, he didn't like like hop off his foot and connect with the chin. He he slid into it, so it kind of looked more like a basement drop kick. At the same time, if they would have done it in the air, like a normal claymore, it would be a, it would basically just be a, a single leg. No, I you know, boot. I know it, a single. Is this? Yeah. I I I know what they were trying to do, but it's just like it like, it was like oh claymore from the bot like claymore from the side out of nowhere like. Like or bottom or claymore from the bottom is just like I don't know. Doesn't really look like a claymore to me. To me, not the or anyway, but yeah. that 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 was just my thought. It's like, well, can you call it that? You know. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So the worst part of the show, well, no, this wasn't the worst part. A bad part of the show, um, ending with the show ending with Retribution beating up um Drew McIntyre. Which please tell me that Retribution is not going to be a part of her business. It would have been way better if it would have been Shelton and Cedric attacking him, but no. We had to get retribution, and I just don't want them well, in the hurt business. It's, it's less retribution and more of just Mason Claymore at this point because re- dead. So it's just them two on their own. Yeah, it 
Yeah, still. I I don't get it. Like when they were retribution, though, literally the Hercules just had a feud with them. And the Hurt Business won these matches against Retribution, right? So what did they want? Why would they want someone weaker than them? It makes no sense. <laughs> but it is what it is. And what would I rank this show overall? 3 out of 10. Yeah, 3 out of 10. Um, I'm I'm gonna be a little bit generous and say four. That's fair. There were more cons than pros, but the con, but the pros that there were, I really enjoyed so far. Yeah. So next part we got wait, this is going to be Yeah, uh Oh my gosh. That right there was horrible. Okay. <laughs> NXT after Mania. Wait no. NXT after starting to live, I guess. But still, yeah, okay. We got MSK defeating Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. I did not watch this part. Good. Oh, yeah, we got a promo from Karrion Cross. Yeah. Decent promo. But, yeah. MSK beat Drake and Killian. Probably a good match. That I didn't good. see it. It was decent. Uh, <laughs> Like very, uh, well, most most MSK matches are like kind of high offense, very and they're entertaining. So you can really say that for most most of their matches, whether you see them or not. Yeah, and we got Imperium at the end of the match, which is always great. We got a pro, uh, footage of Robert Stone. Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla and their tag team shot only to have Mercedes Martinez demand their her money, I guess, from them. Stone stalls. Mercedes manhandles Aaliyah and Camilla breaks it up and says, you want to step to me? Hold up. I'm confused. I, I okay. I don't even know what happens here. I'm trying to remember. It's like it's like she's Anyways. like if you want if you if you want to step to anybody, step to me. Basically, a challenge, and then they have a match later on. Yeah, my bad. I was reading off something, so that's oh. why I was so confusing. But anyways, Roderick Strong and you know his wife, who was a wrestler, Marina Sheffer. Went to the um, Capital Wrestling Center. And then Mercedes Martinez defeated Jesse Camilla. I don't know if this was anything special. I didn't hear much about it. And the way 
the way I have an interview. That's always nice. And here we go, guys. Santos Escobar defends his cruiserweight championship in an open challenge, which was a terrible idea. Because... Oh, yeah. Um, During this time of commercial, we cut back to Swerve basically... Swerve basically having a vignette. Then we would have um, Santos Escobar, you know, doing the typical Santos Escobar promo. Then challenging, and Kushida answered and somehow beat Santos Escobar. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's great for Kushida because he works hard in the ring and he's very talented, but. At the same time, how are you gonna do Santa Santos like that? Like he like you build the feud with him and Devlin for weeks, maybe even a month or a couple or well over a month. He wins the he wins the ladder match. The next the next thing on NXT, he loses in an open challenge. It's yeah. It seems typical, typical, but it's the most main roster know. thing I've no, seen WWE do, or it's the most main roster thing I've seen NXT do in a while. Yeah, this was the same. It reminds me of. Yeah, you're exactly right. So, yeah, it's main roster kind of thing, but. I kind of, I I believe NXT has plans for Escobar, maybe for the, oh Escobar versus Johnny Gargano, I'd be down for that, you know them versus the way yeah, or That'd be nice uh, Santos uh, enraged that he lost in an open challenge, <laughs> tries to get his title back from Kushida. You know, they could always do that, but. Uh, it's whatever NXT wants happen. to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, that might be the craziest part of the show. We get a Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa backstage segment. And, you know, they basically talked about it. And they're coming for in the MSK. I... This sucks, too, because I know MSK is going to retain when they fight. And I do not want uh, Tommaso Ciampa losing again because I remember Tommaso Ciampa, I don't know what they're exactly doing with him. And it's hard to book him because I don't know. So Tommaso Ciampa has probably had the weirdest booking, but he doesn't feel like a main eventer as much as he used to. He turned on Johnny Gargano. They had a huge, you know, feud. And one of the greatest NXT one of the greatest feuds in all. And that was all nice and dandy. Then Tommaso Ciampa got injured, comes back, wins the title, gets injured again, comes back, is this huge baby face. Then he finally gets his match with Adam Cole and loses. 
then he's is he injured at this point or I, I, I just believe they're not really using him. He might have a minor energy um, injury. And he even made an Instagram post saying he doesn't feel like he used to. Like, he wants to go back to the old... He basically said he's not completely in love with wrestling as much as he used to. Which was heartbreaking. But then after that, he comes back crazy dude. He's this, he, has his, he finally has his gimmick back. He's this crazy guy. And he's a hill. He loses his championship match again. He goes to this feud with Timothy Thatcher, and he loses. Which I, I I'm fine with him losing against Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher, where um NXT is all about making new stars. Then he joins a tag team, becomes babyface. So his booking is so confusing. Honestly, I love Black uh Blackheart um Champa. I always will. It, um, uh, heel Champa or Blackheart, Blackheart Champa, and the Champa that he was when he was NXT champion are two of my favorites. Um, which I believe might be the same booking, but. Yeah. I just want him to go back to that, honestly. Imagine. Oh, my God. Okay, so what ruined him, a lot of people say, and I don't know if I would agree or disagree, is his match with Carrion, which his match with Carrion was a squash match, which made Carrion walk out as this awesome dude who, oh, my gosh, what is Carrion going to do next? But it made... It made Tommaso look like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It I don't know if it was good. I'd say it was as good as it was bad. Like for Tommaso Champa, it was bad, but for Carrion, it was good. But I do miss that old old Champa. But we saw a glimpse of it against Walter. But I don't know. He needs his aggression back. His like psychoticness back. I would love to see um, Tommaso versus Carrion, but this time a more brutal um, Tommaso. Well, now that Carrion, I'm sure we're going to see that soon. Yeah, hopefully. Because I, I, I would, I would, I would hope that Tombo wants to get Goldie back. Yeah, I remember that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So next we would have basically Jordan Devlin basically telling Koshida, I'm not done with you. Um, but I'm going to um be done with you for a few months. I don't know. He basically said he he'll be back in a while. Um, do you think he'll be it's, back? It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting that he says that to Kushida. That that's the promo that he makes. That like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming up to tell you that. It's like, oh, I'm not coming up to tell you that I'm challenging you. 
I'm coming up to you to tell you that I'm going to challenge you and like months from now. So be ready for me. By what? Yeah. Um, weird promo, weird promo, weird promo. <laughs> Speaking of this, it's, what is NXT UK? I, I watch it all the time. I love it. But is it developmental for NXT at this point? Because everybody from NXT UK is starting to go to NXT. Um, so it confuses me. Well, I mean, I I would think that it's it's – I wouldn't say it's developmental. I would think it's just like a – it's like – I, I always think of NXT UK as just like a – NXT UK has like a NX is like a, a branch of NXT where NXT UK stars can come over to NXT if they want to. Yeah, that makes like more if sense. NXT has um, NXT like if NXT starts doing uh, like NXT Germany, NXT Japan, NXT Australia, like these kind of things. Um, then it's like, and they go more global. It's like, okay, we started in X U. We started in the UK, so now we can like go to other countries and build NXT brands over there. Yeah, can't wait for that. But okay, so then we got a. Pretty, I would say, what I say, yeah, what's it kind of emotional? A lot of people said it's like the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. I didn't watch it, but uh, this was a good part of the show, I suppose. Bianca, Rhea, and um, yeah, um, Mendez, wait, Gonzalez, sorry, um, all three of them all in the ring together with the championships, and it shows them before. And it's kind of actually a beautiful thing because since when does WWE break character, this is two hills and one baby face. Yeah, and it's, and it's and to me it's like, it's showing that, like, in, in each of the women's division, like WWE and NXT, like, just all across the the company, they're starting fresh with the women's division, and adding in like like you have you have Rhea and Bianca and Gonzalez, all new champions. So it's like a, like a kind of like these are these are the like these are three uh, three women who fought so hard from um, in in NXT. Or Gonzalez is still currently in NXT, but like they came from NXT. Two of them are on the main roster. They're kicking butt, and they're bringing what they what they did in NXT to the main roster, and they're transferring that over and breaking ground. Exactly, it's a good reminder. Too because for once, um, for once WWE is not doing this. Oh, he go he comes from NXT, so he has to be a jobber because 
NXT wrestlers are not equal to WB wrestlers. Like, any win from an NXT wrestler that goes to the main roster is a fluke. It's a um, big win. It's a whatever. It's an I'm upset. glad it isn't like that anymore. Exactly. It has to be, it can't be clean. It can't be, it can't make sense. They would have to, especially like an NXT, a wrestler kicking out of like a finisher. Then in WWE, they, kick, they can't kick out of a signature. I'm glad it isn't like that anymore. Keith Lee kind of broke the barrier for that, but not completely. I'd say the one to do that was Bianca Belair. But, yeah, there was a long streak of everyone from NXT becomes a jobber. Like, they're they're um, going good for a few months. Like, they're I, the craziest talent. I didn't yeah. think of this until after I yeah. saw that picture with Bianca, Rhea, and Gonzalez. But if you look at Mania, Rhea versus Asuka, Bianca versus Sasha. Like, all of these, like, all of these, like, these talents that busted their butt in NXT and and all in different ways revolutionized NXT like they they were like those four were at mania and Bianca and Sasha stole the show of night one and Rhea and Rhea and Asuka had a banger at night two. So I'm glad that WWE is like showing, like giving the opportunity for them to show what people who came from NXT can do. Exactly. Um, you're exactly right. And um, it was amazing seeing. It was weird if you're, um, I don't know. It was kind of weird, but I liked the moment. So it made sense. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Ty Valkyrie oh, finally debuted. Yay. Okay, anyways, we got a thing from Pete Dunn talking about being Kushida and stuff. That was that was fine. I, I can't help but forget that Kushida versus Pete Dunn a masterpiece and a dream match was actually on Send and Deliver. It feels like a pre-show match or something. Like, thinking back yeah. now. But it was, it was on the actual show, and they gave it time, and it's and it was a, it, it was a good match. It was. But I guess it was the least match, you know, that people are going to, like, talk about after the Cal O'Reilly and stuff and all that stuff. It was hard to follow that up. But then we got, I guess, the most sad and emotional part of the show. Roderick, I don't – he wasn't retiring. He was leaving, I guess. He, he resigned from NXT. Yeah, I hated seeing this. But we can't really get a full feud between Undisputed Era. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what Bobby Fish is going to do when he comes back. I don't know what they're going to do. But 
I always think Any, about either way. I always think about what Bobby Fish <laughs> like once he gets back, and he just like he gets back onto TV, and it's just like, oh yeah, so uh, Bobby, let let us catch you up. So Kyle and Cole hate each other, and they're in a feud, and Roderick left. And so, and so and then Bobby just I, like, what? <laughs> I feel so bad for him. It's kind of like what happened to Riddle. I mean, no, not Riddle. Um, Pete Dunn, the poor dude, after like six months of not being able to wrestle, gets in the best shape of his life, probably ready to regain the tag team champions chips with his friend Riddle but then when he goes on the main roster must suck and then it's like oh yeah we're gonna stick you with, with uh, the with Oni, Birch and Pat McAfee instead of Riddle okay <laughs> exactly and then he realizes the person that he put Riddle with they had a huge breakout too, so nothing goes as planned in the next chief. Yeah, it's very unpredictable, which is good and bad. It's more good than bad, but like the good thing is that you never know what to expect, which is the good thing. But the bad thing is you never know what to expect. Exactly. So anything that like. It can change on a dime within the show, not just the next week from week to week, but with on the same show, things can change on a dime. <laughs> exactly. Hard to keep, but hard to keep up with. But huh? Oh, I was just saying, it's hard to keep up with. But continue. It, it is, and it, I feel bad for Pete because he looks like the most depressed man ever. Every single one of his promo, he looks so sad. I don't know. I know he's not. He's probably a happy guy in real life and stuff. The most likely he is. Well, he is. I know that. He's in the best shape of his life. He has a child. Of course he is. But, yeah. Anyways, next we got Isaiah Swerve Scott defeating Leon Ruff. And I'm kind of liking this feud. Weirdly, even though it's not anything huge or of a feud, I'm always into the smaller feuds because they always lead to something bigger. And Leon Ruff, I'm just so glad that he's not a complete jobber now. Now that um, Swerve is moving on to bigger things, I wonder what he's going to do. Just imagine this. Carrion versus Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff wins the NXT championship with a roll-up. Just a bad thing. <laughs> uh, people would get people would would give would uh give Cross so much like I wouldn't say hate, but there'd be so much disappointment in Cross's way towards Cross. Exactly. He's buried. He's buried. All that stuff. 
Oh no, this is the end of Cross. <laughs> his, yeah. His undefeated streak comes to an end with a roll-up by Leon Ruff. Oh, could you imagine the headlines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine. It's just a typical squash match. Then, oh my gosh, a roll-up. I know you would be mad. Honestly? It would... It would be a little... It would be a little comical to me before I was upset. I'm going to be honest. I would laugh. (laughs) Okay, I would too. And I will say this. Leon Ruff beating of... Beating Johnny Gargano for the title might have been one of the most shocking NXT moments of all time, but also it was amazing. I love that. Because me, I, I don't know if Jake knows this, but I know I've said it to the group chat a few times. Leon Ruff, I said he was so talented, and I hope they do something with him. Because I remember him and involved going against these – Look up on WWE Network. Actually, not WWE Network. Peacock, if they have that up there yet. Evolve, um, Austin Theory versus Leon Raw. That match was an absolute. It was amazing. I loved it. So yeah. I'll have to, anyway, I'll have to give it a watch. Huh? I said I'll have to give it a watch. All right. So, oh yeah, <laughs> right after this, we got um, Zoe Stark, you know, typical Tony Storm, Zoe Stark. No, it wasn't Tony Storm. This was a Zoe Stark best backstage interview, basically, setting up for another feud. Mercedes versus Zoe is next, I suppose. She's about to beat two of the people that were in the championship match a few months ago. Well, um, Swerve Scott was beat the heck up by Leon Ruff. Imagine that. Imagine Leon Ruff beating up Karrion Cross backstage. That just seems so weird. Seems so weird. This jobber kind of guy who is like the complete underdog is beating up people backstage, but oh well. It is what it is. Bronson Reed, Ember Mood, Shauncee Blackheart, and Dexter Loomis beat the way in an eight-person tag team match. And um, during the match, Indy Hartwell pretended to pass out, so Loomis picked her up and took her to the back. I'm a little confused, but oh well. Yeah, and also uh, Candice LeRae, um, guess where Ray tried to dive off the top, off the the turnbuckle. Oh my it's gosh, a, I love that part. To read like thinking that, she, and she just like hit her shoulder and just fell to the ground, and he just looked at her like, "You really tried." She tried freaking suplexing, Bronson Reed. Superplexing, Bronson Reed. Then Shanti Blackheart 
took her off, hit her, hit a move. That wait, no, she hit a move where she threw him on Austin Theory. Then Bronson Reed jumped on Austin Theory. One, two, three. Dude, I like the ending of that match. <laughs> Cash LeRae is so entertaining as a hill. I can't believe she tried to, to sue like LeRae. <laughs> I, I was looking at it on the WWE page because I didn't remember it, and I saw it, and it was just funny. But that was the ending of the show, guys. Yeah. What would you rate the show? I would say, um, I don't know, a typical NXT episode, I would say, ranges between 8 and 10. I would say it was strong, like, overall. It wasn't my favorite episode, but it was strong. So eight and a half, I'd probably give it. I'd probably say. Mm. Also, the new look to NXT as well. The like the, um, the like the Grim Reaper kind of like wing or what? I don't know what to call it, but like the new graphics on the logo. They look pretty cool. It's like a, uh, I like the like kind of like uh, I don't even I don't even know what to call it. like kind of like a gothic kind of like look a little bit. It, it's cool. Yeah, it is. Um, I w- I would say nine out of ten. Fair, fair, good choice. Um, so then we go to. Hold up. AW. AW was a good show this week. I'm trying to remember what happened on AW, though. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. AW and... My bad. I keep forgetting that these were on different days, so I did watch AW. I usually watch AW a day after, but I watched AW up here. Okay. Young Bucks defeated Death Triangle to retain... Did you watch AEW by the way? Um, you know it's ironic that that NXT was even on a different day, and AEW was on its own day, and I still didn't watch it live. <laughs> the irony, but um, it is. Do you know what happened? Um, yeah, I I saw the highlights. Okay, I don't know if you could rank it though, but um, I I, I usually um see different. Yeah, um, hopefully you watch it this week then, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so... <laughs> the Young Bucks defeated Dev Triangle to retain the titles, which was a very entertaining match, guys. Hill, Young Bucks are probably the best part... Okay, I'm not going to say it's the best part of AEW, because that's a far stretch, but it is hilarious. Y'all should check that out. There, like, there was a part of this match where, um, one of the Young Bucks tagged in. No, they were like pretending to tag. Um, they're pretending to tag. Um, um, okay, I'm sorry, Neville. I, I didn't want to say Neville. Okay, it was Pack. I, I usually get his name mixed up, but yeah, Pack. Pack. He was pretending to tag Pack. 
So he went into the ring and acted like a generic baby face. And he was just, you know, jumping up and down, doing all these taunts and stuff, acting like a WWE baby face. You know, when they get tagged and they have that hot tag. It was hilarious. And they said he was mocking um, Pac's old character, Neville. So that's what made it even funnier for me. So check that out, guys. Then we got Hangman in the Dark Order. Typical Dark Order backstage promo. I don't know if it was backstage, but yeah. (sighs) Then we got Mike Tyson. And Jericho made up good. And Jade Cargill defeats Red Velvet. Jade Cargill is amazing. Talented. And she's ripped. Okay, we got a Brick, Brick Baker. Typical backstage promo. Then we got Anthony Ogogo. Probably my one of my favorites in AEW. Defeating Cole Carter by referee stoppage when he hit him in the chest with a punch. And so many people are confused by this, but can you guys not understand that Anthony Ogogo was a former boxer in the literal Olympics and he had a medal from it? So it makes sense that his punch to the stomach would Dude, that punch was nasty. Exactly. If I got punched in the stomach by Anthony Ogogo, I would probably, my soul would come out. That would be hard. He also challenged Jake Paul, by the way, which is pretty funny to me. But, you know what? Anthony Ogogo, he's a talented guy, and I like his new group, his new faction. I, I might mix him a little bit on AW Dark, his commentating, but it's fine. Dude, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Ogogo, he punched him right in, like, like not even the sternum. He punched like him, like, right in the middle of the diaphragm. That dude's, went, like, his, the air out of him must have gotten knocked out of his lungs, dude. Right? He looks so different, by the way, from how he sounds on commentary booth. I don't know how to explain it, but he just looks like... I don't know. When I hear him on commentary, I don't expect this rip dude. You know? But it is what it is. Anthony Ogogo, one of my favorites. And then we got Chris Jericho defeating Dax Harwood. And Jericho hits Harwood with the Judas effect for the win. So Jericho got on the, the, the um, mic and officially said... Mike Tyson is a part of the inner circle. And now everyone out there saying that inner circle isn't even in the greatest factions of all time. I think they're up there now. (coughs) They got Mike Tyson in the group. But also during this match, Mike Tyson punched Dax Harwood in the head. And people were saying it looks so real. And hopefully it was not real. And if he actually took a real punch to the face, pray for Dax Harwood. Dude. I, I was just going to say, 
I saw that, and as when I saw that punch, I was like, "Dude, guys, lights knocked out." I really hope it wasn't a real a real punch. I really don't. I really hope um, somehow he he just looked made it look real. But okay, so we got a Kenny Omega promo, and. Yeah, typical good AW um, Kenny Omega promo. And he's with the Young Bucks and Good Brothers. So it seems like a form of a form of um, the Bullet Club is coming back, which is good. I don't know why they had that little feud, by the way, but at least it, at least um, they're here now. Chris Stant- uh, Statlander defeated Amber Nova. After she hit the supernova for the win, that was fine. I mean, I everyone said that this is where they realized she's a great wrestler, and I already knew um, she was an amazing wrestler. I'm glad she's being paired with Orange Cassidy and them. That um, I said this a few weeks ago. I think on AEW when she returned, that was one of the best endings I've ever seen into any show. It was just so wholesome and stuff. That um arcade match, but what it is, what it is, and all right, Team Taz is backstage awaiting Christian Cage's answer. Dasha Gonzalez asks if they have heard Ricky Stark says they've waited months for Powerhouse Hobbs. Why are they waiting a week? They are Team Taz, they shouldn't be waiting at all. Taz says he. He's right there. Chasing and shouldn't be. Wait. He's right. Sorry. They are chasing and shouldn't be. Stark should... By the way, I'm just reading off something, so it might sound a lot... It was basically a typical task promo. So, then we got Tony Schiavone in the ring with Christian Cage for an interview. And I'm assuming we're getting a Team Taz versus... Jeez. Okay, we're getting a Team Taz versus Christian promo. Always love that. I guess we're getting like a feud. So, also, Darby Allen defeated Matt Hardy in a false count anywhere match. I was hearing that this is like an amazing match. Dude, I don't know. That, that, that spot of Darby Allen, like, off the. <laughs> The um the metal beam on onto Hardy that was uh, that was very I enjoyed seeing that. Uh huh, exactly. Darby is amazing, and so yeah, I would give this show a eight and a half out of ten. I would say it was, even the NXT this drew um one million. By the way, one million views, which was amazing. Um, I only saw the highlights and a little bit of video. Um, didn't see the full. Sh- if you say eight out of ten, then I'm gonna agree with you because you know you're wrestling. So, and you saw it. So, if you think it's an eight, that's an eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We we're going to discuss TNA now. 
so impact wrestling. Yeah. Also, before we move on, um, Hangman is uh, is on a an eleventh match winning streak. How did I not notice this? Wow. <laughs> yeah, pretty really impressive for um, for Hangman. It is. It is impressive. Very much is. And I wish WWE kept. I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, AEW is better than um, WWE. I, I like uh, both companies, but I wish WWE um, kept these winning streaks and stuff. It makes the wrestlers seem more important, you know? Yeah. They don't actually have a, um, you know, they don't actually have a book of winning and losing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, but it, yeah, it would be nice to see. Um, like um, the only person right now is Karrion Cross with with an undefeated streak. Um, or no one really has a winning streak, but he has an undefeated streak, and he's the only person who does so far. And that's thirteen matches, I believe. Now, I'm trying to think of someone else for what do you think streak, but I can't really. Um. Besides, what was his name? The guy who beat off Ziggler and the guy who was in Saudi a lot. Uh, oh, uh, Monsoon. Yeah, Monsoon. Yeah, Monsoon. Yeah, him. He's um he has an undefeated. He doesn't have an undefeated streak, but he has a year long winning streak. So I guess, but um. So, everyone, we are going to do our first Impact Wrestling rate, which might be um shorter because Impact's a short show. Yeah. So, I believe, is this the first match? Um, hold up. Okay, my bad. I was um, focused on the wrong. Okay, April. This was the April what episode? Um, April 2020. April 15th. Okay. You saw the whole show or did you see highlights? Um, I saw the show. Okay, okay. Before we uh, talk about the show... So far, I think Impact is the show that I just want to watch. Like, if I'm just, you know, bored and just want to watch something for fun. T- Impact makes no sense whatsoever. And it's just so crazy and wild. I love it so much. And that's what makes Impact so special to me. Like, I watch, I can watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, you know, if I want to see hard-hitting matches, I would watch the main roster. If I'm into story, I would watch NXT and AEW if I'm basically looking for crazy matches and some interesting stories. And I'll watch Impact if I just wanted to watch some something to just, like, relax and have fun. Impact's amazing for that. So... 
Yeah. Okay, so is this the first match? Yeah, it's the first match. It's the first match is the match of the freaking night for me. Nobody, I, I haven't told um Jake this. Of course, my favorite um wrestler in Impact Wrestling is Moose. But my second is Josh Alexander. And Josh Alexander had a match with TJP. And that match was so technical. It was an amazing match. I loved it. So fast-paced. It was amazing. Uh, I would say match of the night. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. So, of course, Joel... Okay, this actually shocked me. Josh Alexander defeated TJP. Really? That shocked me. But, yeah. Josh Alexander hit him with the, um, you know, power driver. One, two, three. TJP lost. But then we got Crazy Steve with Decay, Rosemary, and basically Black Tetris. And they went against Cash. I mean, no, sorry. Carl Anderson. Um, with Doc Gallows. And shockingly enough, Carl's Anderson won. That honestly shocked me because... I mean, Carl Alex... Um, oh my gosh. Carl Anderson is just like... I don't know. I just thought Crazy Steve would win this one. I guess not. Yeah. But... I saw it. it was a pretty decent match. Mm-hmm. Nothing too special. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, like it, it, it kind of just adds a nice box and um, kind of normal tag tag wrestling. Yeah. All about me with special guest Daniel Dashwood. It was a pretty funny segment. Um, I'll give it that. Nothing too crazy, but Caleb with a K is still very entertaining. And overall, it was just a very entertaining, you know, segment. And this was not the ending, but it was probably the most important part of the show. And this was Jazz's retirement. So y'all know Jazz, 30 plus your career. Um, Scott Demore basically told uh, told fire and flavor to you know not interfere. So retire. Um, oh yeah, they interfered anyways. By the way, which made a match with the non-title match, fire and flavor. Or Kira Hogan and Tasha Stills versus Jordine Grace and Jazz, which was a squash match, lasted like two minutes. And Jordine Grace and Jazz defeated them. This match was very quick. Everyone was in their normal clothes, and at least she won in her last match. Jazz is a complete legend, and it does suck seeing her retire, but everyone has their day to retire, so... Yeah. And by the way, 
fire and flavor they they were um Scott and Moore t- told them basically you're gonna face you're gonna face Jazz and Jordan Grace for the titles in a few weeks. And they didn't because Jazz says she's a woman of her word and she has the perfect partner for Jordan Grace. So this should be interesting. Leave this with a cliffhanger. And weirdly, the women's tag team titles on Impact are actually pretty entertaining, which is shocking. No offense. But, you know, with the other tag team titles and stuff, it's not always that case. Well, <laughs> then we got... I, said, oh, I, was, I was just going to say, well, well um, thankfully for Impact, Nia Jax is on Impact. So... Yeah, um, Impact is a fun show, but if Nia Jax was up there, I might have to stop watching. But uh, then we got Bride Myers versus Jake something in a pick your poison match, which I love these matches because you being able to pick your opponents who he faces before he faces you is perfect. I love that, but um. No offense, but it was not the smartest decision for, you know, Matt Cardona to just pick um, Jake something because this match was a complete squash match. It was like two minutes and Brian Myers won. Okay. Then, Then, out of all people for Brian... Myers to choose Matt Cordona to go against. He chose Sammy Callahan. Okay. Matt Cordona might have... Yeah, okay. Rest in peace to Matt Cordona. This dude's crazy. Of course, Matt Cordona lost in this match. Pretty good match, actually. And it's weird seeing people kick out the Rough Rider. It really is. I don't know if that's his finisher still, but he kicked out of it like it was a normal move. So, anyways, there was this nasty part, by the way. And I don't know if this is something normal that he does, Sammy Callahan, but his whole fingernail was off and he just pulled it off. And that was so disgusting. It was hard to watch. I was cringing in pain. I was, I was, seeing, anyway. I was seeing the exact same thing. I'm like, is this what you do on, like, is this what you do normally? This is what you do normally. Dude, you're messing up your nails. Exactly. And I was hoping so badly. Okay. Whoever impacts um the cameraman for impact, why did you have to um why yeah, did you have to like, show that? Look away. Like you really did it. Like you like like you didn't didn't he like zoom up on it too? He zoomed in on his face and his yeah, nail. Basically. You didn't. You didn't zoom in on the on the nail. We know what happened. Exactly. I don't know if he lost his nail in that match or it's just all. I don't know, but that was disgusting. Oh my gosh! I believe after this we had a press conference. Did we? I don't know if this was after or I'm just late on this. But Mar Ronaldo is commentating. Um. 
Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega, which is going to be this is hyped up as the biggest indie match in the last which ten years. I'm kind of scared of. I don't know what we're going to do either because if Rich Swan wins, he's like the heart and soul of Impact right now. If he wins, we would get him. I don't know. I just feel like it's obvious Kenny Omega is going to win because if Rich Swan wins, so many people are going to be so confused about him being on AEW. They're going to be like, who is this guy? How is he our new champion now? Yeah, but it's like if 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 the people who watch Impact are the same people who watch AEW, then with like their crossover going on, then I could see that, like, and it wouldn't be too confusing. But if you're only AEW, then you're <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be a very confusing. Like, who's this? Like, yeah, like you're saying, like, who's this dude? Why is he on my TV screen? And why is he holding the title? <laughs> exactly. Like, and the worst part, okay, I love AEW, but this is something that they need to do. Why are they acting like Impact? Why are they not talking about um Swan versus Omega? Why? They're just not bringing it up ever. It's pretty annoying. Yeah. Like, this is a huge match. Imagine just, w- this is like waking up. And then um back after that difficulty, um I don't know what happened. Sometimes it just stops the stream midway. But it's fine, it's fine, it is what it is. And I said it's like coming back to seeing on SmackDown that Roman Reigns is not your champion. It is um, I don't know, Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona is your new champion. You'd be confused, wouldn't you? No, actually not Matt Cardona, because we already know who he is. Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan is your new WWE champion. No, you know, WWE Universal Champion. You'd be so confused. You don't watch that stuff. So who who is Sammy Callahan? What what did I miss? You know. It's it's like I've I've only, I I haven't like I only missed a week of wrestling. Like what happened? Exactly. So that's why I'm saying Kenny Omega is definitely winning this. Because at least they don't, they like make it the biggest storyline ever on Impact, but they're not even mentioning it on um, AEW. But I don't know when. Oh, yeah, by the way, Blood and Guts is going to be, I believe, is it next Wednesday or two Wednesdays? I don't know, but I'm hyped for that. But, anyways, okay, guys, so yeah. I'm a we already know who's gonna win this. Mega's gonna win this, but deep down in my heart, I don't know why, but I want Rich Swan to win this so badly. Great babyface, and we need Scott Demore. I don't know Team T uh, Team Impact versus AW, and then Scott Demore, like Team Scott, like Scott Demore picks his top five best wrestlers. Then Tony Khan picks his best wrestlers. I would love to see that. We never will, though. <laughs> but what would I rate Impact? It was nice. It was not too... Okay, the pay-per-view wasn't... It wasn't a pay-per-view. The show wasn't too long. 
So I would say nine, uh, nine out of ten. Um, action pack. Yeah. Uh, before I give my rating, I'm a little scared for the hype between Kenny and and Swan. I think like I believe it's going to be good, but anytime you hype something up so much, and like it doesn't hit, like it doesn't like, hit as you thought it was going to. And it's yeah. kind, it's a little lackluster. And like, I understand why it was hyped, but this didn't need to be hyped that much. I'm scared of that. Yeah. they Wrestling fans do that a lot. Yeah. They hype up something so much, it's like, Oh, this is gonna be the greatest match like in twenty years, and it's like a, it's like an eight, like it's like an eight out of ten or a seven out of ten, and it's like, why was this hyped up so much? Like it was good match, it was great, I enjoyed it, but it didn't need all this hype, you know? Yeah, the best example I have, I would have for that personally. Is I would say nobody was hyping up Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross, but that was more of an angle match. But I'm not gonna say that match because you know, but the biggest match that I personally superly hyped up was Miz versus Daniel Bryan Super Showdown a few years ago. I was like, finally, after four years of story, no, it was like seven years of story building. We finally get this match. It has to like be perfect. And the match was two minutes and ended with a roll up, and we never got a rematch. So I will say that I am a part of that train. So I do think this match will. If th- to make this match special, we're going to have to have Rich Swan kick out of the freaking. Um, Angel, um, One Winged Angel. I believe only Kota Ibushi kicked out of that. So it would make crazy. It would be crazy. Like, um, uh, yeah, like that. Or remember, um, remember the first time that someone kicked or like, Un, like when Undertaker would hit the the pile driver and he would cross the arms and like do the tongue thing and I was like, oh this is gonna be it and the person kicked out of it. It was like who is it like Triple H or, or Sean or or someone, but like they like they kicked out of it for like the first time and no one had ever done that and the pop was so huge. Who was the first person to kick out of? Wait. I can't I can't I can't remember who was the first person to kick kick out of it, but I just remember the pop being huge. Like cause it was the like it was the first person that had ever kicked out of it. I believe it was Kane to be the first one. Kane? Oh, that would make sense. And a decade later Batista kicked out of it. Okay. It might have been Batista. Kicking out of it, I don't know. But 
Only eight wrestlers kicked out of the and Bray Wyatt is one of them. What? Okay. Anyways, we're getting off track. Um, yeah. What would you rate the show? Um. Uh. It was good. I enjoyed the pick your poison. Um, because not re- too many people do that nowadays, and it's a really like. I'm glad that's not done too much because like doing it over and over again, obviously you do something over and over and it loses its value. Um, but, uh, I would, I would say eight out of 10. All right. Fair, fair. And we get to arguably the best show of the week. I'm not saying this is. Okay. So this episode, we'll just get into it. It was debatable. Let's just say that. Some people liked it. Some didn't. So here we go with Pat McAfee, by the way. Oh, yeah. Adam Adenin Verkrink was Canadian ESPN guy. Um who was, you know, debuting on Raw. He was the new commentary to replace Samoa Joe. No, Tom Phillips. Yeah. Corey Graves replaced Samoa Joe. Okay. And then Pat McAfee's the official SmackDown announced team from now on. Um, I did not watch the show because – I did not watch it live. That's what I mean. Because I can't. But I did – but a lot of people were saying how they felt about Pat McAfee and being good at it. So that's good to hear. So let's let's get to the show. Roman Reigns starting off the show and none other than Cesaro came up there to answer. Cesaro challenged him and right now this was in the la- our last podcast a few days ago. We were freaking out about this when we first saw it. And then um, it was told that Cesaro was facing Jey Uso, or main event Jey Uso. Each, um, you know, it's weird because he main events every SmackDown. That's why he's called main event Jey Uso. But at the same time, when is the last time he's even been on a pay-per-view in a match? Um, it's Roman. Wait, no, Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Elimination Chamber. He was in the chamber. He. Oh yeah, he was. It's it's forgettable because most of the time he isn't. But I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rev Stereo defeated Otis, and. Pretty entertaining. Otis, um, Hill Otis, I like him way better than Babyface Otis. I don't know why. I never got behind Babyface Otis, but yeah, it made this match made Otis look very strong. Caleb Braxton is shown backstage. Basically, this is where it's confirmed Jay Uso. <laughs> It's funny because somebody's on a ladder in the background of this promo. But anyways, Jay, Jay Uso versus Cesaro is confirmed. Uh, 
Yeah. Then you got Sami Zayn. <sighs> Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. They can't have a bad match. Kevin Owens won. Not really shocked there. And then we got Apollo Crews basically um, tell, telling who Daba Kato is now. Or he is now known as... I might just call him Dabakato from now on, but he's now known as Commander Aziz. Aziz? Either one. Aziz? I think so. So, (laughs) this was a good part of the show, which would be Street Profits hyping up um, Bianca Belair. Of course, that's great and stuff. And everything... And oh my, Sasha Banks is mad. Yay! Very emotion, very very heartwarming and emotional uh, speech by Bel Air in her celebration. Exactly. And Bailey backstage, and oh, are we getting a Sasha and Bailey kind of? Is this just going to be? Is this next paper just going to be called Triple Threat? Because we, I know it's not, but we're going to get probably, we're probably getting in the main event. We're probably getting, okay, not in the main event, but at the show, we're probably going to get a few Triple Threat matches. So I don't know, but who knows? And the Dirty Dogs beat Street Profits. Everyone said this was an amazing match, and it was. Good match between the with the Jackson champions, and I sometimes forget Dolph is part of the Roth uh, the roster to be honest, which is kind of sad. But love Dolph, still favorite. I mean, Dolph was in the tag match, so Dolph knows. Yeah. Dolph knows what how, like I think really anything Dolph is a part of, you 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 know it's going to be good. Yeah, unless it's a Nia Jax promo with Dolph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kayla Braxton backstage with Cesaro. You know, typical. Basically, these promos are just telling us what the main event's going to be. Then we got Natalia defeating Shayna Baszler. I, I hope, I really do hope we're going to lead to Nia Jax and them losing the titles. But the thing that's kind of annoying me is why it's just the same thing every week. Distraction, roll up. Distraction, roll up. Annoying. Can we not like just get a normal pin, or maybe an account out here, here, here and there? I know they're trying to make it be like, oh, Shayna Baszler. See, guys, Shayna Baszler isn't buried. Every single time she loses, it's because of a cheat or something. But then when you realize. Shayna Baszler has lost so much from cheap and um cheap ways by whether getting distracted or whatever. So her losing, she's already in a bad place. She's um, I know that they're trying to do with her, but she's already lost in a squash match is like with um, Oscar and Charlotte and stuff. It's just ridiculous. Then we got to a main event, which a lot of people are pissed off about. But I'm kind of starting to see the 
better side of it. Cesaro defeated Jay Uso by disqualification, but Seth Rollins attacked Cesaro from behind. So if we're getting Cesaro versus Roman Reigns versus um Seth Rollins, I'm down for that. I would love that. Um Seth Seth at his his Seth embraced the vision uh get uh Character and Roman's tribal chief character, I'm d- I'm down to see them with their different like them with their different characters collide in a match, since of how much chemistry they have in the ring from from the past. Me too. But I kind of want Cesaro to be in in a one on one against Reigns. Okay, so this is what I hope they do. So the show's already over, so you can. You know what? I'll, we'll, I'll rate the show. I'd say eight. Seven out of... Uh, I'll say seven and three quarters. Seven and a half. I'll just give it seven and a half. I'd say nine. That's fair. And... So basically, I'm gonna. You can click all this podcast right now, but I'm gonna say what I think they should do personally with, um, personally with, you know, Roman Reigns' reign. I think they should get it where. How many huge? How many? How many um, pay per views is it to Mania? I mean, no, not Mania. Uh, to SummerSlam. Um. Let me see. So, we got... Like, three, maybe? We have... um, Yeah. We got three. Okay, so at Backlash, I would like Roman, Seth, and Cesaro to have a match. I, w- I would like the ending to be basically Cesaro and Cesaro basically not being pinned. Seth Rollins being pinned. Then we get a Seth Rollins versus Roman f- a, a feud for them. A pretty good feud, right? And then that would lead to Reigns winning. And then the next pay-per-view after that, we could have... Okay, so this is two pay-per-views after. So I would say this is where after this, we should get Cesaro versus Roman back on track. Shinsuke versus Roman. Which we, we need to get Shinsuke back on the push, so that's why I'm saying this. Of course, Roman wins, but Shinsuke still looks strong. And then Shinsuke um, goes back fully to the King of Strong style after this. And after that match, we will get at our next pay-per-view SummerSlam, Cesaro versus Roman. And this is the perfect time in front of fans, to have Cesaro win. 
And Cesaro, I just want to see Cesaro versus Shinsuke. That's where I'm getting at, to be honest. I just want to see that so badly. Basically, all the stuff that I just said won't happen, or I don't really care if it happens or not. But I just want to see Cesaro versus Shinsuke badly. No hill, just two baby faces. Yeah. I mean, now Cesaro versus Shinsuke for the title? That would, that would be like on a whole other planet. I would, I, I would love to see it. I would love to see Cesaro win and then get into a feud with Shinsuke because Shinsuke, he's yet to hold a main title. Honestly, I think um, if Cesaro... If Cesaro wins the title, or whenever he does, I believe the person that should take it off him of course, give Cesaro a nice reign. Yeah. The person that should take it off him is Shinsuke. Just makes sense. Yeah. Also, um, uh, blood and uh, blood and guts is May fifth. So, not this week, not next week, but the next week after, like two weeks or three. Oh. Uh. Well, so okay. Well, that's gonna be it's gonna be um a good pay per view, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, and it's not really a pay per view, but it's a special event. I would say, I like what AEW does when they give us a, you know, a pay per view, a huge pay per view. Then they give us a pay per view like on, you know, a normal episode of AEW, just to make that episode special. Yeah, like uh, Fighter Pass. So- Exactly. Which, there are a lot of shows that are not, like, there are, AEW does have its, like, pay-per-view, like, shows, like, um, All In, All Out, like, those kind of shows, but, like, it's nice that, like, some of, like, the smaller shows, like, Fighter Fest, or even, um, uh, did they do, um, was, um, Revolution, um, on this, on the actual show, or did they do a pay-per-view for that? Um, Resolution, um, this was, was this, um, when Kenny and... Kenny and Moxley. Yeah, that was, um, not on a normal show, that was pay-per-view. Yeah, but you you know what I mean. Like some of the smaller shows that like can, like don't really need to be like promoted as much can just be on like that they do them just on like regular shows so that like you can get like pay per views like uh like pay per view worthy matches on just a normal show. Yeah, you're right. And, okay, so the show of the week for me would, I hate saying this, but you expect this to be the best show, right? The best week of shows, but it really wasn't. Most of the shows were decent or 
decent for them. Like, it was good. But not great. So, I would say show of the week is... Uh, this is hard. I would say A... I don't know. I'd say TNA, to be honest. Impact, definitely for me. Just because it, it was just fun. It was nothing that... The thing I'm going to rank it by is there was some bad stuff on SmackDown, a lot of good stuff. Some bad stuff on NXT, a lot of good stuff. Bad stuff on AEW, but a lot of good stuff. So Impact is the only thing where I really didn't see anything terrible. So. Yeah. Um, I'd say NXT for me. That's fair. NXT was a good show. Yeah. So yeah. I got I got more excited um from the stuff I got I got more excited from um and I don't know like it was more entertaining and I enjoyed uh watching it more. It didn't feel like um it didn't feel like, do I have to watch all of this, or can I just turn this off now? Yeah, you're right. Worst show of the week. Obviously, Raw. Yeah. Once again. Yeah. Th- three, three and four out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Um, if Raw somehow tops this as the worst show this year... Um, I, I don't know what Rod's doing, honestly. We don't think I don't. I don't think personally, Rod is like the worst thing ever. They just had a Rod always has um a lot more bad than good. Like it's a little bit of good stuff, but it's you know when they realize they have something good, they take it away from us. The hurt business, right? Biggest example. Yeah. And um, Raw, to to start off like like usually the Raw after after WrestleMania like it sets the tone like it's like this is what we're gonna like this is how we're launching into the next year of wrestling for for Raw and it's like and so normally they like it's a bang. The- it was not, yeah, not a bang this time. It, it was like a pew. It was like, <laughs> yeah. We're expecting a shotgun, but we're getting like a Nerf gun. No, no, no. It, it's like it's like you expect a you expect a shotgun, but you 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 get like a little you get like a little toy revolver with like with like plastic. Uh, like plastic bullets exactly it was okay I'm just I'm not gonna sugarcoat it Rob Ross sucks but it it sucks for a normal episode if this wasn't even Wrestlemania week it would suck and the thing about it is it was Wrestlemania week so that made it suck even more if this was a normal week I'd probably give it a five it it was put to a, to a higher standard because of how many other Raws after Mania have popped and how many returns we saw and, and unexpected and surprises. 
But instead, Raw just did yeah. the same thing that they usually do. And they did it worse this time. Okay, besides uh, Viking Raiders, Viking Raiders was a cool return, but it didn't, like, I hate saying this, but when I saw it on my TV, I wasn't screaming for joy. Like, this is the greatest return I've ever seen. It was a good return, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, But we didn't even have our champions up there. We didn't have Sheamus. We didn't have Almas and AJ Styles. And we got returns, right? Charlotte and stuff. But usually we get a bunch of debuts too. I would like to see Roderick Strong um, debut. I would like to see... Um, I would like to see... I don't know. Just a bunch of new talent. I, we would like to see some returns maybe like... I don't... I, I'm trying to think of some returns. Um, but it's just like... I can't say Keith Lee because I think he's injured. I, I was like, honestly, no joke. I would really like to see a JTG back. I love JTG so he's much. He's so entertaining. Not only that, guess what hmm. he said? He said, if I go to WWE, I'll fight anyone but Nia Jax. Did he really? Yes, he said she's too dangerous for me. <laughs> Okay, okay, like, okay, all right, um, JTG, you're good in my book, come come on back. Please, with that one comment, I don't know if, I don't know if WB would let him back, but please. I would love, I would honestly, if he goes to, honestly, if he goes to anywhere, I would really love him to see uh, him in NXT. Just because, could you imagine the the matches against Rush or not Rush, Rough? Sorry, wrong person. Um, uh, Leon Ruff and Swerve against JTG. Amazing matches. I mean, okay, so with JTG returning and stuff. People don't realize this, but JTG, when he was gone, he has improved so freaking much in the ring. Like, I'm seeing these videos of him, and I'm like, how? How is, how is this the same guy? Uh, but yeah, JTG, he looks, he, he has the look. He's more ripped. He's just more professional as a wrestler. And I would like to see him. I would like to see him as... I would love to see him in the Hurt business, to be honest. Okay. He, um, if Shad Gaspard and them, of course, all that stuff happened. I wish it didn't. And if it didn't, I would love to see them mixed with the Hurt business. That would be amazing. Yeah. But, um, bef- uh, before, like, before Tragedy Struck and, uh, rest in peace to the late, uh, Shad Gaspard. But um, before before all that happening, I was like, I saw some stuff like uh, uh, Shad and JTG were talking, and they were saying that they would love to, um, they would love to work with WWE again in a video, um, or like in an interview, and um, 
if like if if that's still JTG JTG's thing, and he's and he his his thought is he still wants to work with WWE again and like at some point in the future, then uh, then I I hope it happens. I mean, you're, yeah, exactly. I'll be fine if um. Basically, we're both saying the same thing. We just wanted a huge return. We, I would be fine with, um, I don't. Yeah, it's like, I, I just want something that, that I, that, that I, that I could pop to and like get excited that. I didn't really care who it was. It's like, oh, they're back. That's so cool. Like, oh my goodness. After deliver or WrestleMania, we want new feuds. We want like a restart button to start. Yeah. Um. So. Um, I didn't have any rumors to begin the show, but I do now. Um rumor the a rumor is going around that WWE wants to hold SummerSlam this year with fans. So I'm I'm really excited for that if they have fans with uh, at SummerSlam. That's gonna be a, a fun show. Mm-hmm, it would be. I hope they do. If they didn't, I don't know how it would be the biggest show, you know. Big, biggest part of the summer? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, if um, by then, or by usually at the point of SummerSlam, uh, more stuff about um, WW2K22 uh, will be released. Um, or around that time, they usually do the roster reveal. I love how, um, remember back in the day, back when, um, just like a few years ago, they would have a full, like, you know, these shows like Grizongo or whatever, and then different wrestlers coming out. Who are going to be on the show? They used to do all this crazy stuff with roster reveals. Now it's not that important. Hopefully they they hype it up. Yeah, and uh, it's a it was a Lon it was Rusev and Lana, and they would bring on guests. Exactly. That was that was one of my favorite roster reveals because it was like it was like a weekly th- it was like a, it was a like- weekly episodic thing, like it it took them. Uh, what was it like four weeks to uh do the entire roster reveal and it did like four episodes yeah so definitely of course okay so those were the rumors and 
what is this it for the podcast? I believe it is. All right. Got to get that faith podcast going anyway, so. Yeah. It's late. Okay. So, um, good night. Wait. No, not really good night unless you're going to go to sleep to this. I'm not going to sleep. So, goodbye, everyone. I'll see you in about three minutes. Peace out. Love you all. God bless.